the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hour two, Stefan Tubbs show, 505. No Stefan today. He's still out. Had a great conversation with him. His voice sounds good, but he's not feeling good yet. He's got that darn RSV, and it has knocked him hard. So he's just chomping at the bit to get back. Everybody say a prayer for um, my good buddy, Stefan Tubbs, because he belongs here, and we all know that. And uh, so phone lines are lighting up, 303-696-1971, 696-1971. I'm Randy Corcoran from Saturdays. I do Saturday evenings at 5 o'clock. And uh, my good buddy Matt Dunn, Backbone Radio, rounds out the weekend evening, five, uh, 4 to 7 on Sundays. He used to be 5, so I, I got used to it back then, but uh, 4 to 7 on Sundays. And... Um, I don't know. It's just an opportunity to hear the other side of the story, which definitely does not happen enough. It's just the bottom line. It does not. Interesting information coming out about the special counsel, and we'll get to the phones, but about the special counsel that was appointed by Merrick Garland to um, go after Trump. And you know you know the story. We've tried 58 thousand three hundred and twenty six times we've never been able to hang anything on him we know we probably never will but we've got to take the focus away from the crimes of the biden family uh the corruptitude to make up a nice word that i like of uh hunter biden and his dear old dad and we'll get to that cbs news clips here in just a second or in a little while anyway i want to do some calls first 303-696-1971 but this special counsel who's going to be the one to finally take down Donald Trump. It uh, turns out that his wife, uh, we're talking about Jack Smith, the, you know, quote, veteran career prosecutor to lead these ongoing investigations. And remember what they're, they're investigating Trump for now. It's the documents at Mar-a-Lago, which Garland has had for months and months and months, couldn't do a thing with. And it's the claim, the phony claim, and I, I'm just so disgusted with so-called Republicans and people who, you know, claim the mantle of conservatism to continue to tell the story that Trump tried to foment a an insurrection on January 6th. We'll go through his last Twitter's, uh, the last of his Twitter feed now that his Twitter feed is back up to disprove, debunk that nonsense. But this special counsel, uh, Jack Smith, his wife, a major and we're talking high-dollar donor to Joe Biden and other high-profile Democrat efforts. And uh, it's just the, the swampiness of the swamp is just unbelievable. All these political hacks. Remember the lovers in the FBI who said, you know, we've got our backup plan. We've got our insurance to take down um, uh, President Trump, Peter Strzok, so many names flowing out of my brain right now. Peter Strzok and his girlfriend. Uh, we've got the backup plan. We've got the insurance plan. Now we've got this um, Jack Smith, whose last claim to fame, and maybe, he, you know, he's probably done some work, but this one really sticks out. 
back in, I think, around 2008. I don't have the year in front of me. But he is the special prosecutor that brought down Bob McDonnell. Bob McDonnell was the governor of Virginia and a good-looking, smooth-talking, you know, politically astute, successful, conservative, pretty conservative Republican. And he was being bantied about as presidential timber. I mean, he had, you know, Bill Clinton looks and the Southern drawl and the smooth talk and everything else. And they brought in Jack Smith to take him down on corruption charges. Trips out of the country, I guess, and and the claim that he was using um, government money to fund them. And I think there was stuff about a lover. I don't remember all the details right now. But what's very, very important in this just another salacious tale regarding the, the special prosecutor, the veteran career prosecutor, is after he brought down Bob McDonnell, took him out of the governorship, took him out of any consideration for uh, running for president. You see him pop up now as a commentator from time to time. Four, five, might have been even almost six years later, the Supreme Court of the United States of America overturned Bob McDonald's McDonald's McDonald's. I've got McRib on my mind. Uh, overturned Bob McDonald's conviction nine to nothing. Nine to nothing. That means Ruth Bader Ginsburg voted to overturn the conviction of Bob McDonnell. So it's just more of the same in the swampy swamp, isn't it? More of the same in the swampy swamp. All right, we first hour, we talked quite a bit about Dick Wadhams, who has been very prolific on this station, and um, he was on um, Devil's Advocate, John Caldera's great Friday program. He's been hitting every Republican location with his narrative on why Republicans will... Um, Never, ever recover in Colorado as long as Donald Trump is the or dominates the Republican Party, is the figurehead for the Republican Party. And we played a clip of him saying, I don't know what it's going to take here, um, but it's not going to happen right away. And I was glad to hear him finally admit that at least. Remember this. uh, We've got crucial school boards and city council races next year. We really don't have time to lament. We should assess. We should analyze, but we should do it honestly. But these races next week and next year, these, this, they're so important, number one. You know, the government closest to you is the government you're most impacted by, especially if you have kids or grandkids in school. My oldest grandson is getting to that age soon. And uh, city councils, all of that is going to be on the table next year. And those local, local races Uh, Republicans have done pretty well around the country. It'll be another opportunity to just see if even all of these left-wingers who've moved into Colorado um, are sick and tired of being sick and tired of having their car stolen, their cat converters stolen, their um, the nonsense that goes on in these schools with athletics and bathrooms and everything else. Really, really serious stuff. One thing I heard um, in that interview that Dick Wadhams did on on um, Devil's Advocate is that something like 800,000 people have moved to Colorado over the last few years from New York State, Illinois, and California. And we wonder why we have 
Democrat dominance. We know abortion was a trigger for uh, women. We know that the the bribe, the Joe Biden bribe of paying off $10,000 of student loans was a bribe to the Gen Zers who voted in record numbers in this election, many of them for the first time and predominantly dom- Democrat. Good news there is the generation ahead of them voted predominantly Democrat in their first elections as well, but they've shifted already. Because you get out there and you have a job or you start to, you know, start a family, try and build a business, and you see just how nonsensical Democrat policies are. So it's just important to be honest. I I know Dick had accused, you know, Tina Peters of being part of the reason that we lost. People associated uh, her with the Republican Party, and we all know she's been charged over the Mesa County Dominion voting machines and everything. But in the interview, he said that she was charged with illegally tampering with machines. No, she isn't. He said she kicked a police officer. No, she didn't. She was handcuffed. So I saw her wrists. They were damaged. The handcuffs were clamped down so tight while, while they were there for her iPad. And they bent her over and her foot kicked back. She did not kick a police officer. It doesn't look to me like she kicked at a police officer. I mean, and, and she also said that Tina... Uh, fleed the state for a while with Mike Lindell. It's a lie. She went to a seminar. She went to Arizona, and she came back to Colorado. She wasn't under any obligation to be here or anything like that. So, you know, make your arguments, but at least make them based on fact. And I just reiterated some of the comments I'd made about Dick because I know our first caller this hour, Ron and Conifer, wants to continue that conversation. So, Ron, welcome to the show. Oh, somehow, I, you know what? I disconnected Ron. Ron, I'm very sorry. My fat finger um, hit two buttons. And uh, so let's try. It looks like maybe Ron is calling back. No. No, and then Ben was there. And I lost. Okay. Well, this is what happens when you're only here once a week. And a, there's a new phone machine here. And you have fat 20-year mechanics fingers trying to dial up the buttons. Phones are lighting up again, though. 303 696 1971, 696, 1971. Let me, while we're reloading the phone lines here, let me just play something for you that you undoubtedly did not hear. I was in my hotel, I think it was Tuesday morning, the uh, day of the Trump announcement in Palm Beach, and had Fox News on, and the Republicans did a press conference once they had secured the majority, once we knew they were going to be in the majority. And they came out to talk about the importance of investigating some things, like the lies that we've been told by the January 6th committee. Some people are saying, you know, dissolve it. No, absolutely not. Continue it, but do an actual balanced investigation. Release the 14,000 hours of video that we still haven't been allowed to see. Clear up the lie that police officers died as a result of January 6th, and make the point, remind people that Ashley Babbitt and the other lady, whose name I simply just can't remember right now, are the only people who were killed. Um, The second lady, by being basically trampled, um, people trying to drag her out, and Ashley Babbitt being cold-bloodedly executed, unarmed, posing no threat to anybody, climbing through a window, I get it. 
and the cop who ex- ex- uh, executed her, no, no consequences whatsoever. And so it looks like we got Ron, Brian, and some others back. But I just I'll, let me just play this first minute of Jim Jordan. The reason you probably never heard it is because Fox News is the only station that covered it. I flipped over to CNN. They were doing commercials, and then they went back to coffee crap on uh, on that Tuesday morning. I flipped over to MSLSD, and uh, and Joe and Mika were talking about Arizona and the great victories in Arizona and the very smoothly run election there. Not a single word about any of this. So I would just start with this question. What part of Mr. Comer's presentation was Russian disinformation? I mean, never forget what happened on October 19th, 2020, 15 days before the most important election we have in our country. Who's going to be the next president of the United States? 15 days before that, Mr. Brennan, Mr. Clapper, and 49 other people signed a letter that said the following. It is for these reasons that we write to say that the arrival on the U.S. political scene of emails purportedly belonging to Vice President President Biden's son, Hunter, has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. They further went on to say, we want to emphasize that we do not know if the emails provided to the New York Post are genuine or not, just that our experience makes us deeply suspicious that the Russian government played a significant role in this case. And, of course, that letter became the pretext for suppressing this story, again, just days before the most important election we have in our country. So I would ask this, was J.P. Morgan's suspicious activity report to the Treasury Department, was that just a classic earmark of a Russian information operation? How about when Hunter Biden sent the email that Mr. Comer pointed to, sent the email asking for keys to his new office space, one for himself, one for President Biden, one for his uncle Jim Biden, and one for the emissary for the chairman of the Chinese energy company, CFCC. Was that just Russian disinformation operation in place? What part of Mr. Comer's presentation prompted the FBI to go to Facebook and say, hey, 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 you want to be on the lookout for Russian misinformation here this election season? What part of his presentation would prompt that? Remember, before the 2020 election, that Donald Trump, if you believe the ballot counts, and I don't, lost by approximately 22,000 votes in just the right places, in just the right districts, in just the right battleground states around the country. Uh, I've heard other estimates around 44,000, but I've seen it broken down to as few as 21 or 22,000 votes. Twitter, the clowns who were in charge of Twitter at the time, all of the mainstream news agencies back to the Clinton News Network and MSLSD and others, suppressed the Hunter Biden story. But now our very own beloved, winkety-wink, CBS. And as Republicans take control of the House, Hunter Biden, the president's son, will be a target for investigations. And that means data from a laptop reported to belong to Biden could be crucial to the investigatory process. CBS News has obtained its data not through a third party or political operative, but directly from the source who told us they provided it to the FBI under subpoena. And we commissioned an independent forensic review to determine its authenticity. Senior investigative correspondent Catherine Harridge joins us now with what we found. Catherine, I'm very interested. Good morning. Good morning, Tony. These House Republican investigations are coming, and that could be a challenge for the White House as we head into 2023 and 2024. The laptop data we had analyzed showed no evidence it was faked or tampered with. No 
evidence that it was faked or tampered with. And what what's the statistic? I should have looked this one up, too. I think it was at least 30% of voters who were polled said that they would have changed their vote had they known about the Hunter Biden laptop story. We've got a lot more to dig in on that, but we've got the phone lines reloaded, including Ron and Ben, who are back, and Brian. So why don't we take our pause here, and that way we can get straight to phone calls when we come out on the other side. I'm Randy Corcoran in for Stephan Tubbs. It's 521 on your Monday evening, and we'll be right back here on 710 KNUS. I don't know if you guys knew I was coming, but you, uh, you, you got the right stuff for me. Welcome back, everybody. 527, Randy Corcoran from Saturday Night's in for Stefan Tubbs. He's out sick. He's got the uh, RSV virus and uh, spoke with him at length today. And he's he's been talking about it. So he's just dying to get back in here. And, of course, we're all dying to have him. But uh, great to have an opportunity to be here with you. And um, uh, love the text messages coming in, Randy. Once again, it's good to hear you clear up misinformation, some of which has been broadcast uh, by others. Yeah, I get it. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think people intentionally lie. I think people just limit their sources. They limit their their research. They're, the fact checkers are so easy to go look at. And, man, you got to check. You got to fact check the fact checkers. Alexa is always the most reliable listener in the history of any radio station uh, and all of our shows on 710. And She's always good helping me out with names because I, I was talking about Peter Strzok and his uh, his insurance policy that he communicated with his lover. And I couldn't remember her name. And she said, I miss how Trump said Peter and his lover, Lisa Page. Yeah, those were the days. Isn't it going to be fun with Donald Trump in the race? Uh, because it's it's not fun with a lot of these other politicians. And I just and we're going to get to the full lines, I promise. We're, the. It's not fun with these typical politicians. With Trump in, that's why he's got to get back on Twitter. I mean, Twitter will explode because he keeps it entertaining and the media is forced to cover him. And all the detractors can take their shots and, and listen to what is what he's proposing. And as he reminds people what life was like under the presidency of Donald Trump for four years, gas prices almost finished the wall, you know, extremely secure border even before the wall got finished standing up for our country internationally, all kinds of amazing things. And I don't understand why the Trump detractors, why the haters, rather than just starting right now trying to say, got to get away, got to get away, don't just embrace the fact that you, it's not going to happen. He's here. He's here to stay. So if you've got better candidates, better ideas, start bringing them. But to try and embarrass us, uh, you know, shut us up, shut us down, it's not going to happen. Okay, so before we start the full lines, and again, it's Ron, Ben, and Brian in that order, um, just give me two more minutes, because I want to play another minute or so of Jim Jordan. And I think it's also important to understand, never forget how the story has changed. I mean, think about this. When it started off, it was, no, it's not his laptop. It's not his laptop. Then it was, well, it's his laptop, but remember, it's Russian disinformation, and no one did anything wrong. Then it was, well, maybe... Maybe he did something wrong, but President Biden didn't know about it. And now it's, well, maybe President Biden knew about it and was involved, but it, it didn't influence his decisions. In fact, yesterday, there was a story in Politico which said that. 
The story in Politico yesterday investigating the investigators' dim strategies to launch counterpunch to House GOP. Story in Politico yesterday, here's what I said in there. Quote, no evidence has publicly emerged that Joe Biden's decisions were affected by his son's business dealings. Wow. We, we, so we've went from it wasn't his laptop and it was Russian disinformation to, oh, whatever was in there didn't affect the president's business dealings, even though he was involved, even though the laptop was real, even though it wasn't disinformation. We've, that's how far we've come. Yeah. And remember all of the comments during the debates. Uh, Biden said, I, I didn't send you that clip, did you? I had pulled up a clip of Biden saying, um, you know, that it's Russian disinformation. And uh, I was going to play that one for you. So before we jump on the phones, last clip, I promise, because I like this back and forth. Last week, Jim Jordan reminding us of what we went through in the run up to 2020. And CBS was right on top of the denial. It's Russian disinformation. 50 top security advisors have signed a letter that say it looks like Russian disinformation. Uh, CBS was right in there. And now... Digital forensic investigator Mark Lanterman was previously a member of a Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force. There was one thing that got my attention, and that was a voicemail. It's dad. I called to tell you I love you. I love you more than the whole world, pal. Can I get some help? That voicemail, apparently from Joe Biden during his son Hunter's drug addiction, is one of many findings Lanterman used to authenticate what is believed to be Hunter Biden's laptop data. You're confident, based on your analysis, this is Hunter Biden's data and that it's real? Yes. This Delaware computer shop is where the laptop's backstory begins. Their records indicate in April 2019, Hunter Biden took his laptop in for repair, but never paid. After 90 days, the store considered it abandoned. Yeah, and I remembered where we'll hear that uh, Biden clip. It's when we get to the very last of the CBS, of that particular five-minute CBS News report. Just unbelievable. And instead, what will we hear, instead of any focus at all on, on that, on the mainstream networks, what will we hear for the next 48, 72, maybe longer hours? We'll hear all about how a sick, demented criminal who was known to the FBI, who a liberal Colorado Springs prosecutor refused to charge when he threatened to bomb his grandmother, as I recall, and uh, committed crimes, and, but they, they just let him off. And, and didn't even charge him in that case. And I listen, I don't know all the details why they couldn't charge him. But apparently he was under people's eyes. And he uh, he went into a gay bar and shot up the place. And that's what we'll hear. And the conclusion from those repeated news stories, which are important, we've got to cover the details. But the political spin that we will hear from the mainstream networks out of the uh, conclusion of those stories is that we have to silence Republicans. Lauren Boebert, bad and evil. So many different directions to go with all of that. But promise phone calls. We're going to start with Ron and Conifer. Ron, thanks for calling back in. Being real careful with my fingers this time. Welcome to the Stephan Tubb Show. Ron? All right. Well, I hit the button, right? We'll put Ron back on hold. We promised Ben and Morrison next. Ben, welcome. Yeah, hey, Randy. How's it going? Going well. Thank you. Yeah. If you want to talk about honesty, I think maybe you need to kind of start you know, addressing yourself with some of this stuff. Because <laughs> some of the stuff that you've been saying has been a little bit ridiculous. Like, you know, like Dick Wadham, that Trump wasn't a factor in this election in 2022. I didn't say that. I was, I was at a dinner party with 20 people that, 
you know, I grew up in Tyler County, and this is a party with my parents, and most of these people voted Republican their entire lives. And I was, basically, that was the talk around the room was, this is anecdotal, of course, but they're like, yeah, I'm not going to vote, you know, for a lot of these candidates because, you know, Trump's going to be on the ballot, and I don't want him to have control of the Senate. I don't want him to have, you know, control of the House. I don't want, want I don't want a repeat of 2020 where we have to have another January 6th again. I so, want so first, sanity to come back two, into the Republican Party. Got it. Two questions for you. One, why do you always giggle when you give your points? And two, why do you, did you misquote me right out of the gate? Why did I, why do I, what? Repeat that comment. Why do you always giggle when you make your points, number one? And then number two, why did you misquote me right out of the gate? Because it's funny, honestly, to me. It's really, really funny that, like, Republicans have gotten so ludicrous these days. It's hilarious to watch them. Like, you look at Tina Peters, you look at people like you that promote election lies. You know, you can look at groups like the Heritage Foundation, you know, that bastion of liberal thinking. Do you know how much, you know, they've been tracking election fraud since the late 80s. How many cases do you think they've found that have been confirmed? Take a guess. Ben, do you know who's on phone calls with Hans von Spakovsky from the Heritage Foundation every single week and knows exactly what's going on with the investigations into election integrity and correcting all of these voting procedures? Um, that would be me. So, you know, going back oh, it's to... Four, it's 1,400. <laughs> from their website. That, see what I mean about the giggle? It's hilarious. I don't understand why you do that. Is it so really, wait, wait, is wait, it wait, really, wait. Is it so really funny to you that we live in crime-ridden cities, that our border is open, that people are dying from fentanyl, and all that, uh, that weak Republicans want to talk about is how bad Trump is? Is that well, funny? You're changing, the, you're changing the subject. You're not talking about the fact that Heritage Foundation has only found 1,400 cases of election fraud. And that's not this last election cycle. That's since the late 80s. Since the late 80s. Are, are you following at all the, um, the Attorney General of Arizona who's opened an investigation in Maricopa County for this election? Are you aware of that? Have you paid yeah, any I've attention at- to the actual fraud that has gone on, the... The, the cheating, the, shut, the voter suppression on Election Day in Maricopa County, any comments on that? Yeah, there were some long lines, and do you know what? Now you know what it feels like to be a black voter in Atlanta in 2020. Really? Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Yes, tell that to the black vote that has and gotten you know bigger and, and bigger and bigger. In fact, it was and record-setting in 2022. You're aware of that, right? Anything to giggle about there? Yeah, the lines in 2022 in Atlanta were under 30 minutes. But in 2020, they were generally like an hour-ish. And also, and, and, in Maricopa, there was an online system in Maricopa County where you could get online, look at, val- look at how long the poll lines were going to be. So you could know ahead of time, like, is this going to take an hour and a half? Is it going to take two hours? You could look it up ahead of time. And guess what else you had? Early voting, mail-in ballots. But do you know what? Republicans didn't take advantage of those. Uh, so no. I don't really feel like a whole lot of here we have, for them. Here we have a, a point of agreement, because I'm with you. I have always been, you know, the traditionalist on uh, voting on Election Day, and I want to have just election days, not election weeks and election months. But 
uh, the Democrats have mastered the ballot harvesting and the making contact with people and and racking up their uh, their vote counts in the run ups leading to the election. And then Republicans don't come through on Election Day. But but what's your response to Arizona actually having the wrong size ballot paper, 19 size instead of 20, which won't run through the machines and tabulators that won't print ballots that can be scanned? I mean, how does that work on Election Day? Any those things worked the night before. Poll workers, going, go ahead. Well, those polls are getting counted. They go into another box. They're going to be provisional ballots. Mm-hmm. But right now, it looks like there's not enough of those actually around to switch the election from Kerry Lake to Kate or from Katie Hobbs to Kerry Lake. And I assume Ben, a, I assume Ben, outstanding. I assume you've also heard about the Republican ballots that were found in the box three boxes of actually already counted ballots. Are you following along with those details? No, I don't know about okay. that. But a lot of the stuff that you guys, election deniers, spit out is just gobbledygook. So you can run it in court, well, and then let that run through the system. And then you know, if you win in court, then great. Absolutely. But until then, I think you. a lot of your stuff is junk, which is what happened in 2020. A lot of that stuff ended up being BS, like the stuff in Georgia where they're pulling suitcases out from under the table. Did, did like you watch those? Did disproven. you watch those videos? It wasn't disproven. Did you watch the videos? Yeah, I did. Did you watch the full video? That's the question. Sure, sure. Did you watch the video where they pulled it out, or did you see the video where they actually put it back in from the start? Why in the world was there a uh, a report of a major flooding water leak that cleared all of the poll watchers and everybody out of the building, and and it turns out it was a running toilet, and instead of um, stopping the counting, as they said, once everybody was out of the building, they resumed the counting. What happened with a lot of that stuff? Exactly. Randy, no answer. So, but Ben, here's, oh here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're dope. <laughs> uh, the giggle again. I love giggly Ben. So I, I'll, may, I'll make two suggestions, Ben. I, I love to debate you on any point. I'm going to move on to other calls now. You sound a lot more, I don't know, persuasive without the giggle. And then please don't make your first point an absolute direct misquote of everything I've been saying consistently on this show tonight. And we'll get along fine. And whether we agree or disagree or not. I appreciate the call. Let's see if we can pick up Ron, because we didn't get him the first time. Ron, welcome to the show. Okay, I'm here. Good. All right. You can't Uh, ever run away when you're on hold. You just have to hold your breath, hold your bladder, have a mobile phone. (laughs) You just never know. Go ahead, Ron. Welcome. All right. In regard to Wadhams, he made two contradictory statements that I heard in regard to the Republican gubernatorial candidate's uh, performance on the uh, debate. And the first time he said, oh, she, did, you know, she got uh, beaten. And the second time she did well, he said. I mean, you know, which which is it? And which debate? I'm sorry. I was looking at a note that just the, came my the, way. The, the, I forgot her name. The, who ran for governor for the Republican? Oh, Heidi Ganahl. Heidi. Yeah. And he, he said that uh, he said that she one time he said she did. Hey, Ron, Ron, I'm sorry. I'm going to pause you. I went longer with Ben than I realized. We're right up against a break and we've got um, Lori Kelman standing by in the newsroom. Can I put you back on hold and we'll pick up with you right on the other side? Okay. I'm sorry, my friend. All right. Um, Ron's on hold. And um, at 541, let's take a pause and check in on the news here with Lori Kelman. 710 KNUS. All right. I'd love to listen to the music, but uh, I promised we'd get to Ron and Brian before we run out of time in this segment. 
So let's get back to Ron first to finish up that conversation regarding Dick Wadhams. Uh, Ron, before you jump on, text messages pouring in. For the people that say they don't want another January 6th, this is in response to Ben's call. So many lies there. Uh, and that's part of the reason that some Republicans are on that bandwagon right now. They don't know the truth about January 6th. We've got two years and a Republican majority in the House to fix that. And uh, and Alexa asks, do they want another Afghanistan, another recession, another war using the money laundering scheme of this FTX Bitcoin or uh, um, cryptocurrency junk? And uh, one more text. Ask him about Hakeem Jeffries, uh, one of the original election deniers from 2016. I've played that audio many times on my show. All right, Ron, back to you. You were talking about Dick Wadhams, and you were mentioning Heidi Ganahl in the debates. Yeah, he's made contradictory comments on her performance. One time she, he said she did poorly, and the other time she did, she did great. And, she destroyed and, him. Yeah, and I, I didn't see it, but I, I'll take your word over his any day. But, uh, you know, um, the other thing that he said recently, I, I heard him say this. He says um, something about um, the voters are trying to send a message to uh, Lauren Boebert about her, as he put it, gallivanting all around to places like Mario Lago, as we put it. <laughs> and, I mean, the guy is, I mean, he he's just totally uh, uh, irrational, just like... Uh, most of the other uh, talkers on your station. By I don't. The way. Well, Ron, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to go there, and I don't want to take you know personal shots. And I, I don't think it's irrational. It's just a narrow point of view. Does any? Does it have? Does Heidi Ganahl's nineteen point loss have anything to do with? Uh, I saw her tweet recently that he wound up spending Polis. That is. $30 million on his sure. campaign. Did that have anything to do with that? Did the fact that, uh, you know, the thing I laugh about is Joe O'Day, and I, and listen, I admire the man. I, I got to know him and, and like him and a tremendous success story. But he was the, you know, John McCain style, uh, George W. Bush, Karl Rove, Dick yeah. Wadhams, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell said he was the, exactly the kind of candidate who could win in Colorado. George W. Bush came here. Karl Rove came here twice. Uh, and to fundraise, and Dick Wadham said he was the right guy, and he lost by 17 points. You know, in fact, the last time a real conservative, um, and I shouldn't say a real conservative, but a, a more base-type conservative was Daryl Glenn. And I'll look this number up over the top of the hour, but if I recall, when he ran for U.S. Senate, he only lost by 4 or 5%. It was a much... I better double check that, but it seems to me it was a much closer race than these uh, than these ones this time, when when the establishment got all of their candidates in, and yet they say it's Trump's fault and it's the base's fault. So, But we never get a chance to really run our candidates. And well, listen, I'm not saying Tina Peters with her legal problems or Ron Hanks. I was very disappointed when he went to the um, libertarian side and said, you know, don't vote for O'Day, vote for the libertarian. That was, that was a bad move. I, they weren't great candidates, perhaps. But um, but that's not the reason that their candidates did so poorly. They're not even talking about the libertarians. You know, in CD8, the thing that we thought for sure we were going to pick up, um, Barb Kirkmeyer lost by 1,625 votes. The libertarian in that race took 9,300 votes. In the school board in CD8, the, that school board race, Peggy Props, who I met up in Boulder at a an event that I emceed, lost by 1,945 votes. The Libertarian in that race took 5,364 votes. 
So, I mean, there's just a whole host of reasons to be looked at. But the bottom line from Iran is Donald Trump's in. He's not going anywhere. They're not going to do away with him. These investigations aren't going to do anything. So maybe find another argument. Find a better candidate. Well, they just, they have, I don't know, it seems to me they do have an irrational hatred for Trump. And they don't really, they can't justify it. They don't attempt to justify it. They just say, you know, he's toxic or some stupid adjective like that. Yeah, well, and they also, you know, they always, always have to preface the comment with, and I voted for him twice. And I loved what he did, but those mean tweets, you know. Sometime before the end of the show, I'm going to show everybody or go over with everybody. I'll play the last video that Donald Trump sent out on Twitter and then the two tweets before he got shut down as this dangerous human being. I have heard those, yeah. Incredible. And and also, uh, can you comment on this? You know who Jesse Kelly is? Yes. Well, anyway, he stated that that, uh, Trump is having... Difficulty getting major law firms to represent because they've all been intimidated by, you know, the uh, what you know what, what's politically acceptable to do. Sure. Like that. Can you comment on that? Take, uh, is there any truth to that? I I don't have any personal knowledge about his efforts to get legal representation. I'm going to jump around to try and get Brian in before the okay. the end of this break. Thank you for the call. Really do appreciate it. And uh, Brian, the other Brian, it says here, Brian in Arvada, welcome. Hey, hi, Jimmy. Randy. You know, I, Randy, sorry, Randy. <laughs> Jimmy's the harmonica, you know, just, the harmonica player who disagrees right. with me on most everything now. Yeah, I know, and I, I listen to you on Saturdays. Like, oh, good, thanks. Um, so, you know, I there was big problems with the 2020 election. There's big problems with what happened in Arizona this last time around. And whenever we wanted to say this, we get the, the Dick Wadhams out there saying we're election deniers. We knew the left was going to do that. But when you get demonized in your own party, I'm an unaffiliated that leans right. When you get demonized by these people, you know, it, it just angers me. And Dick Wadhams brings no value to the Colorado argument. There's so many reasons why we lost in Colorado. We got beat in the ground game like always. We're losing Gen Zers with our messaging like always. And so, we, you know, we weren't on point. We didn't spend enough money, like always. So those are reasons that he'll never mention. And what really upsets me is is now, he, you know, we didn't run the candidates that, that he said were going to lose by a landslide. Well, we ran these moderates and we ran the people that Dick Wadham wanted, and they got lost in a landslide. So... He brings no value to the conversation. I don't even know why people listen to that guy anymore. I respect what he did in the past, but going forward, all he's going to do is blame Trump for everything. How does that help us win in Colorado? We got demographic issues, messaging issues, ground game issues. Jimmy, it's going to be a long time before we come back from that. You know, Brian, it's it's also the fact that this is the state where the blueprint was implemented. The governor, the now two-term governor of the state, was one of the Uh, funders and brainiacs, along with Ted Trimpa, of the blueprint. We're the first state that introduced all mail-in balloting, that reduced the identification requirements, that set up these drop boxes, which are clearly are not monitored. I had people sending me pictures of people dumping ballots. And uh, I mean, it's just um, uh, there's so many things to attack. And some of them we can do something about. But uh, doing, you know, saying that Trump isn't going to be uh, is going to do us harm 
since he's likely to be the biggest factor in the Republican Party again. And we've got two years to help people understand what really happened on January 6th, what's really going on with the Bidens and the Biden laptop and all of those things. So to keep just saying never Trump, never Trump, never Trump is stupid. And it does exactly what you said. It just ticks people off who are inclined to lean to the right and vote that way. Well, I was at the Rescue Colorado. I'm a middle-aged guy. I, I, I went to it there in Doug Coe. And I'm looking around the room, and I'm the youngest guy in the room at, at, at you know, 47. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm going, okay, the, the, the this party's in trouble. If I'm the youngest guy here, this party's in trouble. And that's the problem. we got to get the message to the younger generation of the common sense of, of, of what we have to offer. We're not doing a good job selling that. So let's look there before we put this noose around Trump. Always. It's always Trump. It's always Trump. It's always Trump. It's so always right, Trump. Right on, Brian. We're going to run out of time here. And don't okay. forget, don't forget, we've got the Centennial Institute, Colorado Christian University, Turning Point USA, Charlie Cook, uh, Charlie uh, Kirk, and just tons of dynamic, Candace Owens, tons of dynamic young people, conservatives, who are still trying to fight in the Republican Party, even though we frustrate the hell out of them. We need to embrace them. We need to embrace them. And I'm, I'm here to do that. God so bless you, Brian. My kids. Thank you very, very much. Appreciate it. All right. We're halfway through the show. A whole lot more to come, including more of this Hunter Biden laptop stuff. 303-696-1971-710 KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.